When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Longacres Finance Channel. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has noticed an uptick of news about the looming stock market crash of 2022. And then of course the heightened volatility in the market is only adding fuel to that fire. I never understood that fascination people have with trying to predict the next market decline. I understand the benefits of successfully timing such events. But statistics tell us that on average, investors have done a horrible job trying to time the market. So what makes you think that you will be the exception, rather than the norm? I don't know exactly when the next bear market will happen, but I can guarantee you it is around the corner, and nobody knows exactly how far away that corner is. As measured by the S&P 500, there have been 11 bear markets since 1956, which equates to one occurring roughly every 6 years. Now if these bear markets were nicely spread out, and did in fact occur every 6 years or so, we could all be very wealthy. And this would also point to the next bear market coming sometime around early 2026. That's still pretty far away. But unfortunately that's not how it works. The shortest period of time between two bear markets since 1956 was about 2 years, and the longest period was a little more than 11 years between the 2007 bear market and the most recent 2020 bear market. Bear markets typically last around 13 to 14 months as measured from the previous market high to the bottom, but each bear market has been different, with the shortest lasting less than a month to the longest lasting 31 months. In case you're listening to this, but you don't exactly know what a bear market is. Bear markets have an unofficial definition of a decline of at least 20% from the previous market high. Conversely, bull markets are measured as the period from the absolute bottom of the prior bear market to the most recent market high. Historically, bull markets have lasted about 5 times longer than bear markets, which explains why the stock market generally goes up over longer periods of time. So if you invest in the stock market for a 10 year period, odds are the bulk of this time will be a bull market, and you might experience 1 or 2 bear markets. This chart from First Trust does a great job of visually representing the bull and bear markets between 1926 and 2017. As you can see, the 2008 financial crisis led to a bear market that lasted 1.3 years, and resulted in the S&P 500 losing 50.9% in value. Let that sink in for a second. Can you imagine losing half of your portfolio value over the course of 15 months? Just month after month of pain with no end in sight. But if you were patient and did nothing with your portfolio, during the 8 years following the bear market, your portfolio would grow by over 280%. The dot-com bubble bear market was a similar situation, a drawdown of 44.7% over a little longer than 2 years, followed by a 108% gain during the 5 subsequent years. The 80s and 90s bull markets lasted longer and rewarded investors with higher total returns. The bull market from the late 80s, up until the dot-com bubble, saw the value of the S&P increase by 816%. This tremendous gain followed a rather short bear market that lasted only 3 months with a drawdown of less than 30%. If you wanted to time these market crashes perfectly, you would need to accurately predict two dates. The high before the market crash, to move out of the market, and the bottom of the bear to get back in. Now even if your timing isn't precise, you can still benefit from timing a bear market. Let's consider how challenging this is with the financial crisis of 2008. The market high was sometime in October of 2007, and the absolute bottom was in March of 2009. Now back in October of 2007, when the S&P reached its pre-bear market high, and started to decline, nobody actually knew the bear market had started. Because remember, the value of the S&P had to decline 20% for it to be called bear market. That 20% decline didn't happen for a few months. And following the 20% decline, the S&P continued to tumble for another 30%.
Let's assume for a second that you were able to get out of the market near the October 2007 highs and avoid the initial decline. How do you then determine the best time to get back in? There's no proven measure that can reliably tell you when the market is bottom out. Let's take a look at the daily price chart of the S&P 500 during the financial crisis to see just how difficult it would have been to time the bottom. We can see that in October of 2007, the S&P 500 traded around 1,560 points. In late October, there was a small pullback with the S&P losing about 50 points. No big deal, you're talking about a 3% decline. Then the S&P bounced back and closed October near 1,550 points. So everything seems fine, but in fact, the bear market has already started, we just don't know it yet. In November, the market tumbles and the S&P falls to a low of 1,400 points, which is about a 10% drop. This means we are in market correction territory. Then the S&P starts bouncing back, and by early December it's back above 1,500 points. So we are back to just that 3% decline off the most recent all-time high. So again, everything is looking fine. It was just a quick market correction. But in reality, we are about two months into the bear market. The rest of 2007 sees the S&P continue to decline slowly, finishing the year around 1,470 points, which is about 5-6% below the previous all-time high. I don't see any good indicators based on the S&P movement to get out of the market or jump back in. And if you did get out of the market in mid-October, and sat on the sidelines for two months now, maybe you're getting anxious and a little worried that the news are wrong and the market will take off without you. You might be studying past market crashes and know that some are very short and some are long. How long will this one be? And at this point, you don't even know if the market will crash. Remember, all we experienced was a quick correction and a small pullback during the last two months. Maybe this is the extent of the pain we are going to see. Maybe you're thinking you missed an easy 10% return already. 2008 starts off with a sharp decline, and the S&P falls to about 1,310 points. Now the index is about 16% off its near-term highs, and we are getting close to hitting that bear market indicator. Is now the time to get back in? You can buy the S&P for 16% less than a few months ago. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? The S&P goes sideways for a while, and dips a little more, with a new low on March 10th of about 1,273 points. Now it's really close to a bear market, about 18% off of near-term highs. Maybe now is a good time to get back in. The S&P has gone sideways for a while, and you've been sitting out for 5 months now. That's quite some time to be sitting on a pile of cash, not earning you very much. The S&P starts to climb in late March through April, and is up to about 1,426 points by mid-May. That's a 12% gain from March 10th. Maybe you start wondering now if you missed the market bottom. So maybe now is the time to jump back in to not miss any more upside. You'd be wrong. The S&P drops again, falling to a low of 1,214 points by mid-July. And by now the index is officially in a bear market. Is now the time to get back in and buy the S&P for a little more than 20% discount compared to 9 months ago? Perhaps it is, but what if it drops even more and you can get an even better deal? If you would have waited, you'd be right. The S&P continues to tumble, dropping to a low of just 752 points by November of 2008. Now the index is really looking attractive, at half the price compared to last year. Do you get in now, or will there be more pain on the horizon? Mind you, throughout this whole time, the news are reporting doom and gloom, and everyone is panicking around you. People are losing their homes, going bankrupt, portfolio values have been crushed, 401ks, pension funds are struggling. It's not a good environment to be optimistic. Let's say you decide to wait a little longer, let the news settle down a bit. The S&P continues to go sideways for a few more months, and then dips even more, falling to about 676 points on March 9, 2029. Today we know this is the absolute bottom for the S&P and the financial crisis bear market. But let's try to view this from the point of view of an average investor who has now set out of the market for about 17 months. Just watching the S&P continue to decline month after month, the negative news on TV and the internet, seeing people losing their assets, losing their jobs, is now the time to jump back in, or is there more pain on the horizon? Maybe you decide to wait just a little longer. What's another month or two after you already waited 17 months? The S&P has a few good days, but there are also a few down days mixed in. 
Overall, the index is growing, but maybe you think, I've seen this before. The S&P climbs for a month or two and then drops even lower than before. I'm not going to fall for this trap, so you wait. And the S&P continues to go up and down from day to day, but overall is climbing. How long would you wait? Is the next decline a few months around the corner, or is it time to get back in? Do you want to see the S&P climb 10 or 20% before you determine it's safe again? By April 9th, the S&P climbs to 826 points, so about 26% above the March 9th low. Do you start to now have thoughts that the S&P is too expensive? Because a month ago you could have bought it for 26% less. There's still negative sentiment in the news. People are still struggling. There's no justification for this growth. Another month out and the S&P is now almost 35% above its March 9th low. Do you get it now? You already missed the 35% return. What if it falls again and then you look like a real sucker? The S&P continues to climb slowly, but then goes sideways and even drops a little. In July of 2009, it's lower than May of 2009. Aha, I knew it was a false bounce, and we are about to see another major decline. The S&P finishes 2009 around 1,115 points, which is about 65% above the March 9th low. Maybe you did get back in near the bottom, and maybe you're still sitting on the sidelines waiting for the next drop. The S&P sets a new near-term high of 1,150 points on January 19, 2010. If you are still sitting on the sidelines, then you missed out on a 70% return from the index. And then the next drop you have been waiting for happens. The S&P falls to about 1,056 points by February 8, 2010. That's an 8% pullback. But maybe it'll fall even more. After all, the index is still way above its low from last year. But the index recovers and climbs through April 23rd to 1,217 points. Then it dips again, falling to 1,050 points on June 6th, and 1,022 points by July 2nd. We can continue to follow the price movements of the S&P, but I hope you get the idea that hindsight is 2020, but the reality of bear markets is no easy thing to go through. I would say you're almost as likely to win the lottery as you are to time the bear market with perfection. We looked at trying to time the bottom of the market, but you also need to time the top of the market with precision to benefit from a bear market. What if you do it too early and miss out on gains? Some bull markets last for a few years, and some extend for more than a decade. Trying to time the market is akin to trying to catch a falling knife. You're probably going to cut yourself, or your portfolio, it's just a matter of how bad it'll be. Instead of worrying about bear markets and bull markets, what you should devote this time towards is fine-tuning your investment strategy, optimizing your portfolio, and defining your long-term strategy. Because when these factors are well-established, you will find that when the bear market does come, you won't be the one panicking or trying to time the market. Instead, you'll be watching from the sideline and picking up small opportunities here and there while market timers are panicking. And you're far more likely to have a great long-term return by doing this rather than trying to time the market. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, please give it a like and subscribe to the channel. See you next time.